guys. Welcome so much to this episode of Productivity and Proverbs 31. And I am so excited for today's episode. I can hardly stand it. And the reason is because it's another interview day, but not just any interview day. I get to introduce to you my friend, Laurie Knight. And Laurie is a mom who has graduated to grandma. And then not only grandma, she's got another one on the way. But not only that, but she's her passion is sailing. And that is something I have never even done. Can you believe that? Her passion is sailing. It's a dream that she had put on the back burner for a long while through all those minivan days. We're going to be talking about that today and pursuing dreams, what she does, how she does it on that 37-foot boat that she named the Optimus. So you guys definitely want to grab your coffee because this is going to be a great interview. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host, your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster, and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, messy bun, and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith, and get some control with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith, build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee and let's get started. Laurie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. This is a thrill. I've never been on a podcast before other than, you know, Zoom meetings. This is a thrill. And Kathy, just thanks so much for having me. And thank you for having this podcast that brings inspiration to me and to, uh, who knows, countless women out there. And maybe even some men, who knows? Yeah, well, I actually do have a few men that do listen. But speaking of an inspiration, you are just amazing. Weren't you just telling me that you've just done a career milestone here? That What did you just finish sailing? Tell our audience, just so we'll, we're going to go forwards and then backwards. Tell us oh, about sure, that. Yeah, well, forwards, I am now involved in the Marion to Bermuda Race Committee. And I'm, I'm going to be trying to get us to the level of what they call a green regatta so that we use less plastic and we are partnering with Sailors for the Sea, which is an organization that tries to um, preserve our oceans. So I'm the person in charge of that now. So that's kind of exciting. But if you, so the Bermuda race sailing from New England, I live in a town called Marion in Massachusetts. We're right on the edge of the water on a place called Buzzards Bay. Buzzards Bay is known for its big choppy waves, lots of good wind. We usually have 20 knots on a regular day. So uh, going backwards, when I was a little girl, I grew up here, my dad taught at an all-boys boarding school, and I was a little girl. So I wasn't allowed to do pretty much anything. (laughs) <laughs> the only thing I was allowed to do, I could go to the summer camp. I was one of just a few girls at the summer camp. And of course, I learned how to sail when I was like five, six, seven, eight. By the time I was eight, I could sail a little boat all by myself. It was a thrill and I loved it. And we, you know, I was born literally across the street from the boatyard. 
and right next to the school. And so I just sailed whenever I could. And my father was the crew coach. Crew is a sport where you have all the rowers in a top long skinny boat. So I would go with him and he would be, you know, coaching them from a little tiny motorboat. Uh, Boston Whaler with like a 35 horsepower engine on the outboard. And I would be that little kid in front, really eager to yell through the big megaphone, you know? So that was really a, a thrill. And I went to crew meets. This is back a long time ago when I was a little girl. And so I had the bug back then. And all I wanted to do was be a sailor. But my parents thought it was too dangerous. I was going to say, for back in the day, wasn't that not only dangerous, but it wasn't something that little girls did. Not many girls did at all. And I'm laughing because you were sailing a boat at five. I was trying to ride a bicycle. (laughs) And then to equate it here in Kentucky, that's how the horse racing folks say they grow up on a horse. And it's just something that they start in really young and and get very proficient at. But so you're entering into a world of of men. Well, yeah, it's a very male-dominated sport to this day. I mean, women have made inroads in many ways, internationally and all, I just was at an all-women's regatta in New York City. This might be what you were um, wondering about. Yes, it was called the Lady Liberty Regatta, and it's done in a boat called a J-24. And you have a team of five people, in this case women. So that's an interesting thing. I crewed on a J-24 when I was a teenager. There were a few women out there. There are other women in my area who sail, but in terms of percentages, I'd say it's a 90-10 or, you know, 80-20 when it comes to how many men and women are out there and, and the different positions on a sailboat. You know, if you're at the helm, you're making the decisions, like you're driving. Right. Okay. And if and or your crew, which is also like the crew and the and this person at the helm have to be working together or the boat isn't going to go right or it's going to go the wrong way or it's going to flip over. So anyway, when I was young and I crewed on a boat skippered by a, a man who was very much very, very capable skipper, friends of my parents, they did so well. We did so well on that boat and they were going to the National Regatta, which was in Annapolis. And I was 16. Oh, wow. And my mother was like, absolutely not. No 16 year old girls going to Annapolis with a bunch of men on a boat. No. So I was really very unhappy about that. Fast forward to this year, I'm about to be 60. And I did the Lady Liberty Regatta in a J24. Of course, it was all women, but that's okay. We I was so proud to be one of the women out there in the Hudson River right in front of Manhattan sailing with a big spinnaker. The spinnaker is the big fluffy sail that goes up in front sometimes. And it just was a thrill, absolute thrill. We didn't do so well, but we were with, we competed against teams from South Africa who had, there was an Olympic sailor at the helm on that boat. She was amazing. Young woman. I was so excited to see these young women from Sweden and the United Kingdom. They ended up winning the whole regatta and teams from all over the U.S. And it was terrific. It was really, really exciting. And I, I was thrilled to be there. That is amazing. Okay, so let's go back. A lot of my um, folks here are young moms, and they are right in the middle. So you address the minivan years. Was there a time as you're looking at how this is all unfolded? So now you're later on in life, you've moved on, and you're starting to see all of your dreams realized. Let's talk about this early formation year. So you're 16, and your mom squelched that dream. So 
Bring us to the, those young mom years. Yeah. So during college, I did continue with my passion of sailing and I taught sailing at the Nantucket Yacht Club and I so I didn't have any money. So, I mean, sailing's an expensive sport, right? There was this moment where I was on the ferry back and going away from the island because I had to go back to school. And when I was teaching there, it was a good job because it provided room and board. So I had a place to live. I had food to eat on Nantucket Island, which is pretty expensive. So that was good. And then every paycheck I got, I just socked into the bank and I really didn't spend much money at all. I'd, I'd go out with my friends if there was free keg, you know, <laughs> back in the 80s. Anyway, I uh, looked at this sailboat that was sailing along and I was sad to leave the island. I was sad the summer was ending as I am at the end of every summer. And I said to myself, gosh darn it, I am going to be that person. I'm going to be on that on a boat like that. I'm going to sail whenever I want to. That is that is the goal. And I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm not going to give up. College, I ended up going on a term abroad in Greece to, because I was so lost in college. And I just, you know, my scholarship allowed for me to do a semester overseas, but not to take time off, which is what I really wanted was a gap year to try to figure out what I wanted. And um, it was terrific sailing over there. Again, I was back to my dream and almost gave up the education idea, but I thought uh, it's I better do the right thing and work hard and met my husband. And, and then next thing you know, we've got, I gave it up for a while. I couldn't afford it. And we lived inland and there's there's some pieces I'm going to leave out on purpose of the story, but I uh, loved having my children. I was really swept away by my love for them and my desire to provide, you know, and help provide for them. And so I was a teacher and that enabled me to have the summers off and be with them, be on their schedule. At one point, we had three kids playing 10 sports and, you know, we had a minivan full of equipment and <laughs> we were trying to stay out of, you know, the emergency room, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. stitches, you know, hockey, baseball, soccer, uh, lacrosse and basketball and you name it. I wanted our kids to do everything and I was so excited for them as they went into high school and then into college, just when we thought we were the parents who were you know, oh, wow, we got them through high school. Well, then they started playing college sports. So <laughs> talk about travel. Anyway, I never lost sight of my my dream of sailing. And my uh, we did have a very small sailboat. And every now and then I would get to sail and I would just cry all the way home thinking, oh, you know, what have I done? I'm living too far away from where I need to be. And at one point I just said to my employer, "My I love the school district, but I saw the writing on the wall. My youngest was in seventh grade, and I just said, you know, we got to get closer to the ocean. It's also closer to my parents, helping them in their older years was important to us. So literally in 2009, with bottom of the market, when nothing was selling, we, you know, with the good Lord's help, I just said to my husband, this is it. We're putting it on the market. Really not excited about it, <laughs> but it sold in one day. Wow. So then we had this house that, and we are currently in too big for the empty nest, but it was perfect for those high school days. We could have, you know, all the kids and their friends over. It was great. So it all worked out and I got another job at another school and, and then time flew by and I was involved in sailing because I'm closer to it. 
So I started crewing on other people's boats and racing in the women's racing group that they have here and racing against the men occasionally. But that, of course, is always on the weekends and not necessarily good for family time. So I did that a little bit less, but it's always fun to do that because I can I can duke it out with the best of them on a starting line. <laughs> that is so, awesome. yeah. So then, yeah, then I took some of my retirement and I just said, I've got to do this. I can't not do this. So all of these years then, you've kept the dream. You never gave it up. But what I want my listeners to hear in the audience is just the hope that you have too, that our seasons of life, and you just referenced it, that's what brought it to mind, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the time just flies by. When you're in it, when you're in those minivan years, when we're when we're there, it's like this is never going to end. My life is over. <laughs> My dreams are dead. I'm never going to be anything more than a mom. And then you can have that back around when you get older as the grandma, even though that's wonderful. You're like, is it really is this all I'm supposed to do? You know, but right. but you just kept that dream and you kept moving toward it. And it, I guess the point I'm trying to make is it didn't happen just like that. It it did take no. years and there were intervening years where you it was a completely different season. And right. now your season is the fruition and the realization of all those things you had bottled up in your heart years ago. True. And I'll have to say that physical fitness was the that was the time of the day. If it was getting up at six o'clock to walk the dog with my neighbor, I was thinking about it at doing push-ups in my bedroom because I wanted to have the strength because it's the kind of activity that if you're not strong enough, if your hands aren't strong, your shoulders aren't strong, your hips aren't strong, you're going to get hurt or you're you're going to die. You know, get, you have to get up and do those push-ups or get you're going to die. <laughs> or you're going to die. <laughs> because, or you could still, you know, it's just, it's really not up to us when the end is, right? Right. So uh, believing that, believing in God really helped. Going to church, praying, and just saying, please don't let me forget who I am. Because That's this is who point. I was as a child. And I did listen to various inspiration, either through reading it or listening to it or finding it in song. Or I believe that we don't have to be full on all about ourselves all the time. I don't think that's right, but it wasn't right for me. Serving my family and being there for them was a joy. I I didn't regret it at all, but I also knew that that is not all of who I am. That is Right. That is really, and and you talk about that in your podcast, which I love, by the way. Thank I you. just, I really find it inspiring to talk to other women who've been in the caregiver role for a long time. And then how do you stay focused? Well, physical fitness helped me stay focused. Reading and learning helped me stay focused. When I decided I wanted to try going offshore, which is what I really wanted to do when I was young. But I, I wasn't allowed to. There was a race called the Bermuda Race. And it's a race from my hometown to Bermuda. And it's a big, I mean, that's a big deal. 650 mm-hmm. miles. Every other year, there's the Newport to Bermuda Race, which everybody hears about because it's a big deal. And they allow professional sailors. This is just for amateur sailors. This is just for people, you know, the little guys, right, who have decent sized boats. You've got to have at least a 33 foot boat to enter the race because it's it's going to take too long to get there. You could probably get there in a small boat, but uh, I don't know that it would be safe. 
And there's a thing called safety at sea. And so much learning started to happen for me revolving around pursuing that particular dream. One of the things that it forced me to do is evaluate, you know, what role do I want to have on the boat? Where am I? What are my strengths? And I'm, I'm a decent cook, but I'm not a great cook. And I sure don't want to be the cook offshore because you're down below a lot. And I didn't think that would be the best use of my skills. So what skill could I have? I can't be stronger than a man. So I can't do a lot of the upper deck activities that the men do. I'm not heavy enough to be up there making a difference on the rail with weight and things like that. So what could I do? So I decided, well, I could be a navigator because I could learn that. And then I could practice that. And so I learned celestial navigation through my local yacht club. And that took a lot of practice. It took a lot of mentoring. So I found a mentor and learned and learned and learned and learned and learned and practiced because I was an English teacher. I wasn't a math teacher. There's a lot of math involved. (laughs) So, oh, wow, that's amazing. So so just learning and increasing your skills in a different way learning right. to use them. So that's, that's, I think that's huge when discovering your gifts and your talents and, and just trying to figure out what is it that I am skilled at, not trying to make it be something that it's not. That's right. Yes. And finding mentors along the way. I liked the podcast you did with a local children's book author, because mm. I also would love to write a children's book someday. And I'm thinking about it and what what is out there. And I actually went to the library yesterday and thought, should I start reading the current children's books that are out here? <laughs> People think that's weird that <laughs> there's grandma's in there reading the children's books. But anyway, that, that's my next dream, maybe to this one. Having a dream is part of it. And I think that Giving ourselves permission to have that dream is a big, important part. And I have to give credit to my father. I had a poster that my father gave me. It had a quote on it. Hold fast to dreams, for if dreams die, life is a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. Wow. the quote. And so I held fast to my dreams. And I did. I do to this day. The other thing is, there's nothing sadder than not having a dream. If you let your dream go away or just disappear. It will disappear if you don't nurture it. It's like a little seed, that dream, and you have to just keep giving it water and sunlight and, and you know, sustenance so that it can blossom. It can take a long time. My dream took a long time. And when I was offshore, I'll tell you about this one moment, because there were many moments. I'm offshore on a 50-foot boat, not my own, and we're, we're racing to Bermuda, and I had never been seasick, but I did get seasick that first night. I don't know why. It just, uh, I think it was all the adrenaline or the, it never been in conditions like that. It was pretty rough. So I had extra sleep to get over it. And then the next night I'm, I'm in the moonlight by myself at the helm following this ribbon of moonlight just directly south was our, our heading. Well, 163 degrees on the compass, if you really want to know. And <laughs> going along, everybody else was sleeping, and I just never felt closer to God. I never felt closer to just who I am as a person. This was in 2017. It was such an amazing experience. It was just like this culmination of intense desire and intense work and then intense reward, you know, it just it really just worked. converged. Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. It was, and dolphins were flipping on either side of me just gently, 
bloom, bloom, you know, through the waves. And just, I just couldn't believe what beautiful, what a beautiful experience that was between midnight and 4am. It was just fantastic. So I knew I could do it. I was an assistant navigator on that one. The next uh, two years later, I was more, did more navigation. And, and then this year I sailed to Maine from my house. It went over the Gulf of Maine with a couple of girlfriends in the role of skipper. And that's when I really felt like it was a pitch black night. It was was a challenging set of sea conditions. It had been windy, so the seas were still big enough. And it it was challenging, but I was never afraid. The whole time I'm out there, I'm never afraid. And I think that's when a person knows that their dream is right. When I'm on a horse, I'm kind of scared. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'm not a horse rider, but if, when I'm on a boat out there in the sea with no land in sight, I'm totally at peace and at home with God. That Great. is so awesome. Well, I think if you had a goal today of inspiring others to keep a dream, find a dream, nurture a dream, and then pursue that dream, I would say that you have been successful because Laurie, I just, I can't, I want to come up to New England and get on a boat with you. I would, I think my ideal position would be passenger. Yeah. (laughs) That would be my role. Well, yeah, you know, don't get too pasted to your seat because you're going to have to move in five minutes when you're on a boat. I would love to help others. And I hope that the idea that when I was driving around in a minivan, thankful that I had time to brush my teeth, right? (laughs) Maybe didn't get a shower. Uh, and of course, when I was full-time working mom, I'm trying to grade papers, sometimes getting up at four in the morning, sometimes not going to bed till after midnight, grading papers in hockey rinks and parking lots and baseball fields on bleachers, having parent-teacher conferences in the bleachers at Little League games. I, I got caught at one point without a sub plan and my kids were sick and I had to stay home because my husband traveled. So... I was like, okay, never again. So I started to get better organized. Now I have to say that has lapsed, (laughs) (laughs) but getting really organized really helped. And, and, you know, listening to your podcast about organization and using the calendar really helped. Um, So yeah, finding inspiration and, and sticking to your dreams and maybe writing it down. Or at one point I did, uh, my yoga teacher did a vision board class. So I, I did a vision board. Literally, the next day, the sailboat, the owner of the boat accepted my offer. You see, I didn't have much money. I, I really didn't. And this boat, I thought, with the help of friends and mentors, I looked at this boat. Well, it was twice over my budget. I oh, wasn't wow. going to be able to afford it at all. And I knew the owner because I raced against him in a national regatta here and there, you know, out here in Buzzards Bay. So there I am. I, this guy knows me. He's a, he wins. Like I'm like, you know, back in the fleet. But every now and then I gave him a challenge and he's so he's respected me as a sailor. So I made an offer and I said, I know this is far below what you want, but this is all I have. So the next day after making that vision board, he called me and he said, okay, um, let's meet and talk about it. So we met at the boatyard and looked at the boat, walked around it, talked about it. And he said, so this is my baby. This is the boat that I was going to retire on. I've just, he had just done all this preparation to live aboard this boat, extra set of sails, all kinds of stuff that would be expensive in their own right, including a cloth winter cover, all kinds of things. He said, I'll accept your offer, but this is like marrying off my daughter. 
Aww. like I want you to love her and care for her and promise Aww. to be very good to her. And and because the money didn't matter as much to him, and it truly was all I had. And so we made that deal. And the day after the vision board, that day before, I was praying, I was thinking, I was opening my heart to the universe and just asking for guidance. Is this the right path? And it and it came just like that. That's so how the Lord does it because he is the master of the universe. But that is, that made me, that what a great story to end on. That made me cry. So, and I'm sure yeah. you were doing all of those things, loving it and cherishing it. And of course, and you renamed it the optimist or was it named the optimist? Well, it had been named optimist and he renamed it Freya. My friend whose mooring is right next to mine, his boat's name is Freya. And we just couldn't have two Freyas. So I just thought, no. I, I'm going to move it back in time because at the same time, I was pursuing an interest of mine, which is which which is jokingly called aging backwards. Part of my desire to have the energy and the ability to do some of the things I wanted to do in my youth, but I couldn't because my youth was so busy as it was. <laughs> so I want to stay healthy. Several podcasts that I listen to about health and wellness. And I have a friend who's a fitness coach, you know, and um, going to the Y and what have you. So yeah, so I aged the boat backwards by renaming it to its former name, which was Optimist. Boat is almost as old as I am. She's an old girl. She's She was born in 1968. So you know, just about my time. And she is very sturdy and strong and capable and big, heavy old boat that's 37 feet. She's designed by Carl Alberg, and the boat pipe is called the Alberg 37, okay. kind of Alberg. like a Jeep Cherokee, <laughs> Alberg 37. So. There you go. Well, Laurie, now let me ask you a question. Are you on social media? Should I have a budding sailor in the in the midst? I have no idea. The podcast goes all over. If someone has questions about sailing, do you have an instant, a way to contact you that would be? You know, I don't. I don't have a website. I am not on Instagram. But I do have Facebook. Somebody could private message me on Facebook. There are other Lori Knights out there on Facebook, but I'm the one in Massachusetts. They could reach out to you. Yes, I was going to say, that's yeah. always a thing. They can leave me a DM in the, on my Instagram. Guys, you know that it's at Kathy Lanham. Or you can reply in the podcast note. I'll have it there as well. We can hook you up. Lori, I just cannot say thank you enough for being here, for encouraging me, for inspiring me as you always do. I love when we get to get together. I just want to say thank you again for, for being here today. Well, your podcast is a joy and I'm so honored to be part of it. Thank you for letting me share my story. Thank you. And guys, you know, until next time, you go be a blessing to others because when you're a blessing to others, you cannot help but be blessed yourself. Take care. Until next time. Hey guys, real quick, I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, go be a blessing to others. Because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care.